Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I just am so, um, I love being here. It's such a thrill being here. I love Shelby. Tom, I love you, your boys and your and Courtney. I just think what a blessing to be in this house, in this place, right now, right ta- right with, with the right time doing what God called us to do and learn his ways. And right now, can we just stretch forth your hand toward pastors? And let's just pray, God, as they've just done this great new thing of starting beautiful. And Father, we just thank you and praise you for Shelby and Tom. We thank you that the gift that they are to the body, they, we thank you for their diligence and faithfulness right here in the tri-cities to reach the lost for you but god i just speak strength right now i just speak wisdom i just speak your favor and your increase in their life in every realm in their spirit their soul their body in their marriage in their finances in their in their vision of what you have called for them but i also speak right now over every family member here that has their hand lifted towards their pastors god that they also step into the next place and the next season in which you've called them to lift up the hands of this church and of this family, God, to reach this community for Christ. I thank you for new things that are happening. I thank you for the different people in here that will take on the different areas that need a leader to step up and to lead others. God, I thank you and I praise you, God, that the walls will not be able to hold the lost that are coming into the garden. The, the, the walls will have to be pushed back and since there'll be more services, there'll be more outreach, there'll be more things happening because the lost are coming in and coming to know you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, we never want to forget there's there is a the the the, the absolute reason that we are not in heaven. There's really only one reason why you and I are not in heaven today. Just really one. You know, it's really not that important if you really put it in the terms of eternity, what your job is. I mean, like what your job is, is kind of like, okay, I'm going to my job and I'm, you know, fixing this, fixing that. I'm, you know, I'm learning this new thing and I'm doing this craft thing and I'm, but you know, in the, in the long term of eternity, it's kind of like, okay, I got a job, you know, and the long term of eternity, you think about it. I'm on earth because I need to renew my mind. I've got to get things together. Well, you know, in heaven, it's going to be a little easier to renew your mind. You know, if you think about it that way, you're like, yeah, we have no devil to fight us in heaven. So realistically, I'm not on earth to renew my mind. It's a good thing to renew your mind because I get the benefits of my earth life with a different way of thinking. That's good. You know, really, I'm not on earth to get my healing and to be strong. You know, well, in heaven, I got my healing and I am strong. So when you put it all into proper proper perspective, you realize, oh, well, what am I on earth for? I mean, really, every single one of us actually have exactly the same reason that we're here. We're not, none of us are different than each other in this sense. Once you say, Jesus be my Lord and Savior, the only reason that you'll go pop and into heaven, which is so much better. I mean, it's healthier, it's happier, you get better food. And I am positive that in heaven, that ice cream machine is going with us. How many of you agree with me? That ice machine is going on. I'm like, hello, ice cream. It is like the creamiest. I just can't resist it. I'm having a challenge with it, you know. I already took a picture, and I'm believing that we're going to find one to bring home. You know, I'm like, I need ice cream, you know. But in heaven, but I mean, you know, everything is better in heaven. But we all have one reason that we are here. One, and really one alone, and that is to be salt and light. 
We are here because now most of us, maybe there's somebody in here and you have not yet walked into that amazing relationship with Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And I'm just so glad that you're here, that you'll have ears to hear and say, you know, what, what direction am I taking in my life? And good for you to be here. But most of us in this room have already said, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. And we're in that pathway of learning and growing and developing our life here on this earth. Yes, that is amazing. But really, we're here to be salt and to be light. We are here because there are people that if we were just to pop and go on to heaven, that we would not be the influence to that family member that needs the God influence in their life that you and I bring to them. Amen? There, there, we, 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 are the, we are the light in a dark world that we work in. You and I go to work. Well, you, you all go to work. You know, I have this blessing. I'm a pastor. Where I go to work, everybody's saved. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes that's a disadvantage, you know, but I'm just saying, but y'all go to, in your job world that you live in, every single day that you go into that marketplace, you are faced with the darkness of your marketplace world. You are faced with the reality of people that are living, you know, like crazy life. Their identity crisis is, is rampant out there in the world. They can't figure out who they are, male, female, black, white. They can't figure out who they are, you know? I mean, there's such a, a confusion in our society of what's right, what's wrong. There's such a confusion in our society of how to choose and what to do and what is, you know, what, what to say and what not to say. I mean, we have cr- created a, 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 a very unsafe world that we live in today, not just, not just uh, in the sense of the uh, uh, the safety that in the sense of the, the fear of being taken over, but also just the unsafety in the conversations that we have always afraid that we're going to do something wrong. We have created a very unsafe environment. And yet you and I are still here on this earth as the light in that place of darkness. We are still the pinprick that has, you know, and the thing about people go, well, I'm, I'm not really light. I don't really know any scripture. Okay, just think for a moment, family, this. I mean, every one of us, it's such an easy picture to get in your mind and your heart. You go into a totally black room. Imagine that room right now. Imagine yourself in a room that has no light that comes in. There's no light underneath the door. The, the window shade is totally closed. It's a blackout shade. All the walls are painted black. You are standing now in that room. And all I have to do is take out the smallest of pin lights, the smallest little little line of green light that, boom, if I turn that light on, it does not matter how big that room is. It doesn't matter if it's small or the huge room. If I turn on one small pin light, boom, I'm seen. I'm seen, right? Can you see it in your mind? Can you see what I'm saying? So when you walk into your marketplace world and you go, well, I'm not, I don't know all the scriptures. You know what? We are so, uh, the devil has tricked us in our walk with him. That The devil, he's tricked us to say, you're not very good unless you know everything. And you, none of us know everything. You know, the devil likes to go, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. And God is always saying, come on, my child. Come on, my child, recognize it is not by your strength. It is not by you knowing every scripture. That's why he said, when you do not know what to say, I will speak through you. I mean, yes, glory to God. I do not know what to say. God speaks through me. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that. But I just want to encourage you that it is not about how much you know. It's the reality of who you know. 
And when you walk into that marketplace, when you walk into that dark family life situation that you live in, when you walk into that shopping and that sports team and that kids class and that, and that, and that uh, college class that you walk into, when you know Jesus, the light walks in. You don't have to do a thing. You just, when you said, Jesus be my Lord and Savior, boom, light went on. You didn't make that light come on when, except the fact that you said, I surrender myself to you. Boom, light went on. So see, the thing is, every room that you walk into, every place that you go, boom, the light goes there. That's you. And you have that voice to be an influencer in your world. You are the one that's chosen. Your strengths. The personality that you are. Some people go, well, you know, I'm not really good at talking. I'm not really good at communicating. Yeah, because God needs a lot of us to be different. He doesn't need us all to be identical. Well, you know, I am a loud personality. <laughs> can, can you guess that? You know, but my, actually my husband is not. My husband's a very meditative personality. He's a, he would be much more quiet. It's kind of been fun because, you know, God just, you know, God does some things that are just like, really? I mean, how amazing is this? And, and God really, um, uh, you know, you know, spoke to Casey about be, going on TV before we started the church in 1980. We went on this little tiny free cable network in our, it actually it wasn't even close to where we live. He had just found out about it. It was about an hour away. He would drive to this little tiny little studio and he would record it and then it would be shown unbeknownst to us in the area that we were in three two years going to be building our church we didn't know that though god knew it we didn't know it and and he went on this little tv thing and it's so funny because in some ways i laugh because he went on tv and then we started christian faith center in 1980 and then he um really really inspired us to go on then it was channel 13 which was which was eventually Fox Network bought it out. But it was then it was just 13. It was a local, I mean, it went, you know, just a local, it was a big uh, TV station, but it was just kind of local. It was just starting. So we went on five days a week. And it was, I mean, such a miracle that we went on. I mean, here we are, 26, Casey was 26, I'm 24, and we have our own five-day-a-week TV show. I mean, we had never been on TV. We had no training. We did not know what we were doing. And we go on TV. But the funny, the unique thing about it that always is astounding to me is that then people, because Casey is 6'3". He is tall. And he has, guess what color hair? If, yeah, red hair. You know, now that was his, his great disadvantage when he was running in the, in the wrong crowd and he got arrested six times. You know, because he would go, oh, there's that redhead again. Go arrest him. I mean, basically, they could find him anywhere because he was this tall, skinny thing with big red hair. And so now it's shorter. He's older. But, but when he was, but it was so funny when we were, so we're on, we're on the um, TV, you know, and, and he has this tall red hair and people started coming up to him because they would recognize him. Well, hi. Now his personality, how many of you, actually, you probably won't raise your hand if I ask this question, but how many of you are basically more of a shy or a meditative or a quieter personality in the room. Okay, you see, only three of you would even raise your hand. But if just imagine your personality type and people coming right up flat on in your face. You know, hi, how are you? I'm seriously, my husband would do like four back steps. 
you know, and, and it was just, and because it was like, you are so invading my world. I am so uncomfortable with this. I don't know what to do, you know. And, you know, my personality, I'd step in front of him. Hi, I'm his wife, Wendy. You know, I'm a, you know, take care of everything business person, you know. And, and I, but I've laughed because people, and of course people immediately think people that kind of have that personality that they're snobby or they're stuck up or, which is so contrary to their real person. It's just that they don't know what to do with people that get in their face. You know, it's like, you're like, whoa, <laughs> uh, they start shaking. I mean, you know, positively, I love that man. But I'm saying is that if God can use, which he has used, a man with that bent of personality, and yet he stands before thousands across the globe that God has just so amazingly opened doors of opportunity. He takes the bent of that personality and says, be my light. Be my light. Yes, it's, it's somewhat, it still is funny. He's 60 years old. He's been on TV since he was 24. He still, when a person just slaps, he still, I still feel that, that, that little thing happen inside of him. And he still has to push forward to get through that little wall. And if he can do that, and I've watched it for years, I'm like, come on, people. Your personality bent is not a mystery or a secret to God. He is not, you know, he's not going, oh man, I blew it with that person. He has all the uniqueness in this room. Every uniqueness of who we are. Every bent of personality of who we are. Every strength that we have within us. God has a plan and a purpose. And God says, be my light in the world that I have called you to be an influencer in. Make a difference in them. And you, and you don't have to be the other personality type. You're not supposed to be try to become somebody else. God uses your very bent of strengths within you to reach the person that is in your world. And never forget this. I mean, really don't, don't ever forget this. That you are the person that God put into that person's life. You are there because he has d- divinely given you your, even your marketplace gifting. That you are out there making the income into your life and your world and the thing that you love to do. That is a seed that God planted deep within you. He has used that through the years. And many of you have developed it and you have gotten education for it. Or you got the training for it. Or you dedicated yourself to it. You learned that. And God has put you in places on this earth. And he says, now be my light. Be the salt, be the person that when all of a sudden things start going crazy at work and get really kind of negative, you know, you don't have to hold up a sign that said, God's going to judge you for that conversation. We're not supposed to be mean spirited lights or salt. It says in Romans that by the goodness and by the love of God, that people are brought into a place of repentance or changing their life for Jesus. So I'm like, come on, people, let's go into our workplace, into our family place, into our sports arenas, into our all the different places that we live in our world. And let's go in with grace. Let's go in with God's spirit of mercy and compassion. But let's not be cowards. I'm serious. You know, we back down because we're intimidated 
So why should we be intimidated? Jerry Seville told this story. I'm sure it was Jerry Seville. I, and I don't, I don't know him. I've, I don't even know if I've, I think I've met him one time, but I heard him on a tape, on a tape. My, that tells you how old this story is, you know? I heard this on a tape and it, and it was really something. He got into an elevator one day and it, this, this story has so impressed me because I thought it, it demands of us to rise up in courage. You know, and sometimes we have to rise up in courage because it's not always easy. In fact, actually, to have courage is not easy. It takes, it takes courage. It takes, I'm uncomfortable. It takes, I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, can somebody else please do this instead of me? You know, and he was in an elevator one day. And, you know, two or three guys got in the elevator and he was by himself. And it was a long elevator ride. It had to be because it was a long moment of time. So he was in a long elevator ride. So they started in their conversation and every other word they were just swearing. He said it got to be where they started off and let's call it easy swear words and they just progressively went up. And they took the Lord's name in vain, and then they were like going on from there. And it was just on and on. And he was, he was so uncomfortable. And all of a sudden, he realized that they don't care two hoots. And they don't, they're, they're, they don't care I'm st- that I'm standing in this elevator, and I'm totally offended. They don't come and turn around and say, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, do, do we offend you? They decide. So he decided that he was just going to make sure that he spoke words of what he praised. They were praising what they were praising, so he was going to praise what he was going to praise. And he just began to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you saved me. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm your man. Thank you, Jesus, that you've set me free. <laughs> I thought, go, Jerry. You know, I'm like, see, and, and now, now you and I won't necessarily ever be in that same environment. But, you know, sometimes we are so intimidated in the world that we live in. But, and, and we're like, oh, I wouldn't want to offend him. They offend you every day. They take the name of the Lord and don't even think a thing of it. They say words and bring up conversation that are so offensive to who you believe and know who you are and and what you believe in the power of the word of God. Now that again does not mean that you need to go and slap them in the face. But do not back down. Let's be Christians that rise up. Come on. Amen. Now learn how to love people. Learn how to have conversations. Learn how to have that, that thoughtfulness in, in time. Learn how to be the first that will pray for a person or the first will speak a kind word to a person or the first will bring them something extra when they have an extra need in their life. But show them by your love that you are somebody that they want to hear your words. Show them by your love. That you are somebody that they want to hear your words. Because I'm telling you, we that live in the state of Washington, we have got some work to do. We live in the least church state in the union. You and I, we live in the place of mission field of America. And so you and I have got to realize every single morning that we wake up, every single time that we go to an event, every single time that we're at any place of life, that we recognize, man, I am, I am for sure next to somebody that is going to hell. 
I am for sure by somebody. So what am I going to do about it? And I, and I, and as I go back to the very beginning of this very, very beginning, it's a very prophetic word for your service right here, right now. And, it, but I just would say that when we really recognize, my goodness, I could be in heaven or I can actually do the will of God that he has called me to do to accomplish the dream and the purposes of my heart right here in my life. I can help people. I can love people. I can bring them to a place of knowing Jesus without Jesus what would my life be like? What would my life be like? You know, and sometimes we forget what our life would be like. And we kind of get this like, oh, well, whatever. I kind of, I'm a nice Christian, blah, blah, blah. No, no, you and I, how many, I mean, I just can't imagine what, I mean, I can't imagine what my life would be like. I can, I can see, I got saved only at 17 years old. I was just a kid, you know, and I'm so grateful that I was just a kid when I got saved. I'm so grateful that I didn't walk down the pathways that my life was really going for. I mean, I'd already done a lot of stuff. I mean, I was a PK. I was born, I was, my parents were really nice people, really good, safe family. My dad was a pastor. My mom was a pastor. They were just really good people, but I wasn't making all those same choices. And I was walking down some really stupid pathways and the door of opportunity of going the wrong way was, was set before me. I mean, the, the table was set very, very beautifully before me. My friends were all walking down that pathway. Everything had begun to go down that pathway. And yet, but the grace of God, but the grace of God. I mean, I just, I mean, a horrible hap, uh, event happened in my family's life that made me really sit up at that moment of time. And because of that event that really devastated some of my, my family, it tossed me in the other direction. And just the grace of God that I said at 17 years old, I want to serve Jesus. I lifted up my hand in a, in a different, I'd been raised in a denomination. I was at a really amazing church that was just like this beautiful praise and worship. That's so beautiful here. It had beautiful praise and worship. I was standing way in the back and, um, and I knew about the church. I, I'd been very much, you know, aware of it in our, in our community. I was in, I lived in Wenatchee and, um, it, I was very much aware of it. And I, and I just, um, I, I, and I looked around at everybody, and, and as I said, everything had kind of fallen apart. And my friends, nobody was with me. I was all by myself. And at 17, at high school, you know, where you're, you know, you don't want people to like you. You still want all your friends. But I just decided, I said, I want, I want this. I want it. I want to know Jesus. But I also want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I had been told how to be filled with the Holy Spirit previously. I'd rejected it. I'd act like I didn't care. But when it came down to push, come to shove, and I was standing in the service, I said, I want it all. And I seriously, I got born again. I really began. I pushed in. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Just standing right there in church. Everybody's lifting their hand. Praise the Lord. I just stand right there. Ask for it. Begin to pray in other tongues. And then they say, sit down. And I did. You know, I just sat down, but I, but it, but I forever have been changed since that moment forever have been changed. So good. I, I brought a picture of my family just cause you know, it's kind of fun to show off my family. I, they have the big tree. So here's my crew. This is my, um, this is my beautiful crew that has really the blessing of the Lord. Now I could tell stories on each and every one of them. I already told on Casey. He, we've, we've been married 37 years. You got seven, you got 30 more to catch me, but you're not going to catch me. I'm just saying, cause I'm on, I'm on it. You know, so I just feel the blessing of the Lord. This is our um, youngest son. He's in the army. So he's an intelligence in the army. So praise the Lord for him. He's amazing. You can tell he's got the red head. And then this is our oldest son. 
And uh, his wife and our granddaughter that looks kind of sad right there because she wasn't feeling so hot. But he's our senior pastor associate at Christian Faith Center. Chris is a, in fact, actually, Chris is a flight attendant for Alaska. So have any of you guys seen the Alaska, the, the newest Alaska commercials on TV? Have any of you seen them? If you see them, look for her. And, and she's literally, she was, she put, you know, all the Alaska employees could put in to be in the commercial with Russell Wilson and she won the spot. So she was like so excited, you know? And so she even has one, one of the, of two, of, there's two commercials and one of them she has the speaking one. She tells Russell Wilson, um, like something like, sir, you must sit down, you know, something like that. I can't remember what she says, but it's really cute. So she did that. And then this is my, um, my, this is my darling daughter who, um, just is a blessing of the Lord makes my heart happy and her beautiful husband, uh, Moses and Moses, Moses and Tasha are both on staff. He's our, one of our uh, pastors and she's one of our pastors also and, um, does some other things. So and she's praise and worship, blah, blah, blah. Thinking of praise and worship, we, they did a, we did a, a really fun, beautiful, um, break the silence all original music from our church CD, um, from music. So it's really just uplifting. You can put it on and just be happy when you hear all the songs. Some of them I like, you know, I, you know me. I like some better than others. I'm very opinionated. Um, but, you know, I don't know why you would think that. But um, um, uh, Come and Abide is, uh, uh, some of you sisters that came over to celebrate, it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus than rich is untold. I mean, it's just really beautiful. I make it sound like it's real poetic, but it's weather of Jesus. You know, like that. <laughs> Whatever. It's really good. So this is for you guys. And um, so that's, that's fine. And uh, and then there's some other cool stuff. You can, go, you know, go look and get some CDs, you know, on faith and, and on something else. Power of prayer. I love this one on power of prayer. You can, you know, any of those things. But then also, I'm going to talk about these two things, and I'm going to, I'm going to actually kind of teach out this one. But this is a book I wrote called Shoes. This is my latest book, Shoes Wisely. You can look on Amazon and get the other ones. But Shoes Wisely is a, a book that uniquely, as I was actually riding my bike, God really spoke to me about writing this book. And he said, use shoes then as, a, as an example, just as it enter into people's heart, because it's kind of a fun example. And so each one of the chapters kind of uses shoes as the beginning of the character of, of things that we need to develop. For instance, one of my one of the first chapters is on I use boots and um and and I and the and the boots are dealing with you know when you think about like your work boots or your big thick boots that you put on I'm not talking pretty boots I'm talking you know tough boots that you wear and there's a there's a strength of them and that is that you have the strength in your life that you have faith that in the face of adversity that you are tough and you're very strong and so you have a boot stomping kind of faith. You know, like you, you, you beat up that devil, you know, and you have a strength about you, you know, that there is that. And then, that, and then one of them is, uh, one of my other ones that I, is like kind of, that was so fascinating to me is, uh, the Spirit of the Lord told me, uh, spoke to me about uh, doing a chapter on forgiveness. And I'm like, okay, well then what, what, what kind of shoe? And he really showed me a boxing shoe. And, um, some of you uh, that like boxing would know this a lot better than me. And I saw this boxing shoe and it was so fascinating because as as opposed to a slipper, you know, that you just slip in or flip-flops or things like that, a boxing shoe is very hard to put on. And it takes longer than just another kind of shoe. You have to put it in, and then you have to lace up the whole shoe. And so it's a very, it, it's a tedious thing, and, you ha- and it takes a longer time. And realistically, forgiveness is not easy. 
to live in the spirit of forgiveness. And so hopefully in that chapter, it encouraged you in that pathway of forgiveness. Because some of y'all have had some things that have been absolute. In fact, everybody has had something in their life or some things in their life that are astronomical. And then in the natural, you cannot deal with them. You just can't. They're too big in your natural to be able to deal with them, but by the spirit of God that you can overcome. Let me share with you just a a specific word very quickly before um, I'm jumping off the platform today, because I only have an hour and 22 more minutes. I did hear an amen. Do you know what amen means? So be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worry about it. But turn in your Bible to Hebrews 11.1. 1, and let me just read you this particular scripture. And I'm going to show you a, an example of something that I hope and I believe that in the days and weeks and months to come, this example will really strengthen you and you'll be able to visually see some things very quickly that I would love to share with you. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith, now faith is a things of uh, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now then you know in the whole chapter of chapter 11, it says verse 3, by faith, We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith, verse 4, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. Now notice, please, as I'm reading this by faith, the actions in which happened after. How things happened because of, by faith, this happened. By faith, This went on. Continuing, if you just jump to verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was was called out to a place that he did not know what was there. By faith, these people did this. Verse 9, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise in a foreign country. Verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. By faith, you think of the thing of, of Sarah. It's not only to conceive a child, but I would say in this room that by faith, there are things that you need to conceive as a seed of the idea and the plan of what is in your future. So when you read these particular verses, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, you recognize the word is trying to teach us something. By faith, Things that God wants us to do, we have to act in faith of the unseen to do what God has called us to do. So Sarah, by faith, received seed. Abraham, by faith, went into land that a land that he did not know what was really there. By faith, Noah built something that he did not know what was on the other side of the promise. By faith, Enoch lived and then he was living in heaven. So there is things that happen on the other side of faith. Okay, so by faith, but it says that in in Romans, it says we call those things that be not as though they are by faith. So the thing about it is many of us are walking around today and we are sick. Many Christians are walking around today and their family is not whole. Many people today are walking outside of the dream and the vision of their life and they're just stuck in a ho-hum life. Because why? Because we haven't learned to ignite by faith. By faith, we don't know. Well, what, 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 how, I don't know what to do with that. 
when I was in Bible college way back in, in the day, when I was in Bible college, I would hear people say, use your faith. Use your faith, you know? And, and I have to tell you, I, I just felt always when people would say that, I felt so non-spiritual. You know, I was like, what does that mean? You know, I can't see it. I can't figure it out. You're using the spiritual language that I can't understand. And so, and there's, and I am just this, this person that I need to understand what I don't, I want to be this spiritual person. I want to walk with you, God, but I don't understand it. So I saw this picture of something that I hope that will help you understand what faith walking is. Okay, just what faith walking is. Now let me just show you this first picture, and it's a beautiful picture, pink uh, uh, picture. This is, obviously, we all know what this is, right? Mount Rainier. I'm not, it's not trickery. No trickery. I'm just showing a picture, right? I'm not, okay, but when you see Mount Rainier and then you see this one tree right here, do you see this tree? I need you to see the tree, right? Do you see that? Okay, if, and if you actually saw it wider, I, there's another tree right beside it. Okay, now I'm going to show you pictures because I want you to see what faith really is in a certain way that you and I would understand it. Okay, just show me another picture, okay? Okay, now do you see the tree? There's the tree, but there's the second tree, right? Do you see it? No trickery. Okay, what else do you see? Clouds, green grass, trees. Anything else? Is it missing anything? Maybe, but you don't know. Let's show the next picture. Oh, my goodness. Now, there's the trees again. Now, it's not just clouds, but it's actually kind of foggy looking, right? Okay, next picture. Okay, now, now it's just not foggy. It's white. That means it's kind of cold. Does it kind of feel cold? Does the picture feel cold? Three of you think it's cold. Four of you have now gone to sleep. Okay, so stay with me, people. Okay, next picture. Okay, guaranteed cold. Right? Cold. That is cold. But there's the two trees, right? Do you see the trees? Okay, so, okay, go to the next one. Oh, oh, do you see anything? Look at the picture. What do you see? Do you see a little tiny of something? Just a little bit, right? Do you see a little bit? Okay, do you see the two trees? But then you see what right here? Okay, so the next picture. Oh, wait, where'd the mountain go? Now I see, oh, I see a tiny bit of snow and the mountain lines. Do you see that? But it's like, it looks, it looks so pretty. Everything looks good. Okay, next picture. I love this picture. I just love it because I love the rainbow, the promise. Okay, show me the next one. Now, what's that? What are those? Was Mount Rainier in every one of those pictures? I'm not tricking you. The reason that we know basically that Mount Rainier was there is because of the trees. Okay, I wanted you to see the trees because I needed you to see you're looking. I I took this picture from the same place. I wanted you to see something very clear that I believe and from my life helps me to understand what faith is. And how you and I can walk by faith. The mountain is there. It's there. 
When you and I, and I grab this because I, you, you guys are really big at having this, uh, this amazing uh, God's word for every circumstance in your, um, you always have this around. But when you look at it, that there, I love this little book because it is full of the promises of the word of God. Okay, by faith, by the word of God, what do you have need of? Man, when you all of a sudden realize, you go, you know what? I need, I need finances because I am not making it on this earth. But by faith, you receive, you call those things to be not as though they are. You say, my bills are paid. The, the, the promise says, you have more than enough. You shall remember the Lord your God. It, it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. The promise is, he gives me the power to get wealth. And so this book is just full of promises. It is full of, of the Mount Rainiers in this book. It is full of it, right? But what happens in our walk is this. Just show me any other picture, okay? Is that we don't see it all the time. And so because we don't see it, we're not sure that it's there. Show me another one. Sometimes we go through life. Now, that's a really pretty one. So go to the another one. I like the rain. The, okay. Sometimes we, we kind of think it's there. By his stripes, we are healed. The promise of those things that be not as though they are is there. But I can't quite touch it. it I don't know what to do. But by faith, you have to realize the promise is there. The promise is there. Show me the cold, cold one. And this I want to say. This is what often happens in our walk of faith. Often this picture is what is going on also. Because you better know the devil is going to take you through steal, kill, and destroy before you get to the actual reality of it working in your life. You've got to recognize he's going to try to pull you off pathway and that you determine at some point in that calling those things that be not as though they are, you're going to begin to say, it's not possible. It's not there. And we get off the promises that we, that we t- took a hold of, but we no longer feel them. I've had, you can, I cannot imagine, you cannot imagine the amount of Christians have, that have said to me, well, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. And I've said, hello, me neither. Because this happens in our walk. This happens often in our walk. And the devil loves to cloud us with that. And even the other pictures that I show you, the ones that have, that are all white and the ones that you can kind of see, but you don't really know if it's there. But you and I show the picture of Mount Rainier again. You have to remind, you have to remember in your walk, you have to remind yourself of this. You have to remind yourself, oh no, the promise is there. I might not be able to see it. I might not feel it. I might have it totally cloudy. In fact, I almost, I could, and I showed you that blue sky one that looks really beautiful. Man, it seems so close, but I can't quite touch it. And the spirit of God says, keep going, keep going, keep going. When people fly into Seattle, they fly over Mount Rainier and they'll say to Casey, you know, they say, well, man, you're right by, you know, Mount Rainier is right there. And they, and they actually, we had a pastor just recently and they asked our son, Caleb, how long does it take to get there? He says, well, it takes at least two and a half hours to drive up to Mount Rainier. And he didn't believe him. He said, oh, you're not telling the truth. So he didn't tell Caleb, but he asked us. 
he literally, well, Kayla was in the room and he said to us, he goes, how long does it take to, to drive to Mount Rainier? And we said, well, about two and a half hours. And he looked at Caleb and he goes, you were telling the truth. He said, it seemed much closer. And sometimes that's where we get locked out. We, we, keep, we don't realize, no, no, you got to keep driving. If you want to get to the mountain, keep driving. You'll get there. Keep driving. Keep driving. Keep driving. Now, the devil has discouraged some of you in different areas of your, of your life. Man, you've set out in that mission of faith for your family. You set out for mission of faith for your career. You set out for mission of faith in your healing. You've set out, but he has discouraged you a bit. And you just feel like igniting that faith again this morning saying, oh, no, I'm on that pathway. I call those things that be not as though they are. And I want to come in agreement for that very specific prayer right here, right now. If you say, oh, man. I'm ignited and I'm, and I'm on that pathway of faith, but I want to just reignite that faith within you. And you say, pray for me right now for your family, for your body, for your finances. If you say, man, I want to come in agreement for that more than enough word working within my life, right where you're at, just lift your hand. Father, right now, I just pray for every single hand that is lifted up to you of saying, I'm ignited God to see your promise in my life. I'm ignited God for my family, for my healing healing for my career, for my neighbors, for whatever might be that this hand is lifted up to you of saying, Father God, I see the mountain that you're having me drive to. I see what you have the promise for me. And I'm ignited to stay true to that pathway. I come in agreement, Father, with every hand that is lifted and call that thing that they're speaking of, that thing we call that thing that be not as though it is. We call into evidence into our existence, the reality of that faith that we have put into practice. Father, I thank you and I praise you for your more than enough happening in the house in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Everybody say amen Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So good.